Thanks for checking out another episode of the Jambase podcast. I'm Andy Kahn, and Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, a podcast network for music. It is my absolute pleasure to share with you my interview with Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead and Dead & Company. I was thrilled to be able to speak to Mickey about his new Planet Drum album, In the Groove, which was released shortly after we spoke. We'll hear that interview in a moment. First, I want to make sure to remind you, if you haven't yet, to listen to our surprise bonus episode that dropped on Tuesday. Jambase's Scott Bernstein spoke to keyboardist Richard James of the band Neighbor about the upcoming Into the Sun event Jambase is hosting at Soundcheck Studios in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Neighbor has plenty of exciting things in store for the three shows they'll be performing on September 9th, 10th, and 11th. Into the Sun will also feature performances by Jennifer Hartswick, Nth Power, Club Delph, Natalie Cressman and Ian Facchini, and Duochrome. Visit IntoTheSun2022.com for complete details and to purchase tickets. We hope you can join us and go see live music. All right, now let's get to my interview with Mickey Hart. As I told Mickey, I've been a deadhead almost as long as I can remember. I started listening to The Grateful Dead when I was 10 or 11 and saw my first show when I was 13. Over the past nearly 30 years, The Grateful Dead's music has been important to me in almost every facet of my life. To get to talk to Mickey Hart was an exciting and fulfilling experience that I'm so glad I get to share with you. We talked a lot about Planet Drum and the new album, In the Groove. Planet Drum is an international all-star percussion ensemble, currently made up of Mickey, Tabal Master Zakir Hussein of India, Conga legend Giovanni Hidalgo of Puerto Rico, and talking drum expert Sekiro Adepoju of Nigeria. Their self-titled debut album was released in 1991 and won the first ever Grammy Award for Best Album in the World Music category. The second Planet Drum album, 2027's Global Drum Project, also won the Grammy Award for Best Contemporary World Music Album. Mickey told me about how the COVID-19 pandemic afforded him and the other drummers the time needed to work on what became their third Planet Drum album, In the Groove. We discussed the various new technologies Mickey employed while recording the new album. He explained to me his sonification process for converting data from sources like the ocean's tides and outer space into rhythmic sounds. I was very excited to get to talk to Mickey about the beam, which is an instrument he developed and uses during drum space segments of Gravel Dead and Den Company shows. I have to admit, it wasn't until later in my deadhead journey that I fully came to appreciate the freeform improvisational nature of drums in space, but now it's something I look forward to when watching Dead & Co. live streams. The beam is an incredible accomplishment in ingenuity and simplicity, and it was so fun to get to pick Mickey's brain and ask questions about the incredible instrument. When Mickey and I spoke, it fell on the date of what would have been Grateful Dead guitarist Jerry Garcia's 80th birthday. Mickey graciously shared with me a few fond memories of Jerry which only added to my already memorable experience. Definitely stick around to hear a couple of cool Jerry stories. All right, without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome Mickey Hart to the Jam Bass Podcast, which will lead into with a bit of Planet Drum's King Cloud off their new album, In the Groove.
I appreciate you taking your time to talk to me today. Um, it's, this is quite a thrill for me, uh, to be honest with you. Um, it's, Thank it's, uh, you. I've been, a, I've been a fan of your music for almost my entire life. And I, I saw you first time when I was 13 years old, I'm 41 now. It's been a, it's, you've been in my life for a long time. So this is a, a pretty exciting thing for me to get to talk to you today. Mickey. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. And, and we're here to talk about Planet Drums new album in the grow in the groove, which comes out Friday, August fifth. Um, it's it's a fantastic new album. I've been listening to it quite a bit recently. I'm curious, when did you decide to make a new Planet Drum record? It's been a while. I think since uh, 2007, since the last one. Yeah. Uh, well, a, a number of reasons. One of them was uh, the pandemic. Uh, okay. That's one reason. I was gonna. I was trying to do it before that. But the pandemic uh, really brought it on. Uh, once I knew that we were going to be locked in and um, so forth, um, it just was the right time. You know how that is. Sometimes, sure. you know, things come around and then you say, okay, it's time. And Zakir wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. Giovanni, Sikiru, we all just kind of wanted to do it really badly. So this was perfect. The pandemic did reveal itself in different ways to different people. One of the ways it revealed itself to me was, you know, getting uh, serious about making a Planet Drum uh, recording and also touring. So uh, touring with Planet Drum? Yeah, of course. That's the next step. You That's know. the next step. We'll, we'll, yeah, get, we'll I, get there in a minute. We um, need we needed a repertoire, a new repertoire, of course. Okay. The only way to do that pretty much is to, you know, get together and um, make a record. And mm -hmm. the record would be the, uh, the, it would be the map. And this is, was our map to live performance, which we have not uh, done but one. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, the, well, fortunately, the, the Dead, Dead Co. tour came up and, uh, that was the end of <laughs> Planet Drum for a while, and now One and done. Now it's back on. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really very happy the way it turned out, and everybody is happy. We did a lot of it remotely, and okay. uh, obviously for, for obvious reasons. But at the end, we all got together after the pandemic started to, uh, you know, wane. We all got together and played and so forth. Uh, one-on-one -on -one. but that's that was pretty well the arc of it i interviewed zakir back in september of 2019 and he was just about to meet you for a studio session for what he described as as like a drone album based off of the beam and were those sessions did those sessions become in the groove or is that a separate project that we're still waiting on that's a separate project okay you're still waiting on <laughs> all right that's that could be next uh, uh, next up, but uh, because it's it's a beautiful uh, beautiful work of using drones. It's it's a meditation work and a yoga kind of a music yoga kind of work. Oh wow! And so um, yeah, we did that. And, and you mentioned you you did some of the recording remotely. Had you done much of that before, either with Planet Drum or in other situations prior to the pandemic? Yes, we have done that. Uh, but the technology has gotten so good that now we can actually really effectively do it. 
before it was hit and miss uh, yeah. because of the uh, delay time between, mm-hmm. like in India, you know, there was a slight delay and so forth and so on. <clears throat> and eventually that delay disappeared with technology. And we're able now to record in Paris. This was partly recorded in Paris, partly mm-hmm. recorded in India, uh, in Puerto Rico, and other places. So it, this this encompassed some of the world's cultures, uh, and that was the way we uh, we were able to accomplish this. So you were remote, but still recording simultaneously. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we it wasn't like individual. Tr- in time, across uh-huh. the globe. Wow, that so that must really be uh, uh, an advance in technology to be able to do it that. It sure is. It really <laughs> is. So it opens up the whole world to us now, where we can record with anybody anywhere. That's incredible. You've always embraced new technologies, or certainly have for the last several part of your career. Um, what? Besides that type of stuff, what other technologies did you find that you were able to incorporate with this new album and get new sounds out of? Well, there's all kinds of processing that this was supposed to be. In, there's it's there's a space element to this, uh, and that has also progressed. So everything has gotten to a point now where uh, we we become facile at these very difficult uh, signal processing. Um, moments, and that that was also very attractive. As the technology rose, so did uh, the imagination, and the dreams started to get to be in three dimensional. And then, you know, once you start practicing using these advanced techniques, it's very exciting, and that's why the record sounds so good. But uh, some of the instruments that are being played, you can't tell what instrument is be- is really being played. Uh, the congas could sound st- could sound like any other any instrument unborn. So that that's you know hearing uh, new sounds being born uh, is uh, out of an instrument is incredible. So instead of just playing congas, it you know, it sounds could sound like an orchestra, whatever we want it to sound like. So a lot of that kind of technique is with the tablas and with the talking drum and with all of the instruments on there, uh, the beam and so forth, is um, kind of exotic in a way. You know, it's really, it breaks your mind real tingle in a way that, whoa, okay, you just discovered something that no one has ever heard before, including yourself. And so that makes this thing, this, this recording extraordinary. How do you prevent yourself from getting lost in the infinite of sound that you have then there? It, it, or, or do you not, or do you allow yourself to get lost in it? And I, that's I, where you find I, it. I like to get lost in my sounds. I don't, I don't put a, a permit on them to fly. You know, they can fly whenever they want. And I, I, I actually court that. So there is a certain kind of chaos in all of that. But the world Mm -hmm. revolves between chaos and order, order and chaos back and forth. Um, Yeah, I like space. Space is really interesting to me because it has a whole other dimension to the sounds. So, like I said, I look forward to creating new and unusual and, you know, newly discovered spaces for a new day, you know, because 
you don't want to go back to the same place uh, that you've, you've been. I mean, I don't anyway. Uh, I don't like to repeat. Well, and you have a special association with space in general. Uh, in, yes, in general. I, do, I do indeed. I think space is written on my forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of space, you incorporated some of the in the groove. You called them zones, I think, during space yeah. at, uh, during uh, the the Dead and Company tour this last um, summer jumps, tour, right? Jumps, jumps in space. Yeah. Well, some of the technology that I learned by. Uh, uh, making this uh, recording, I used in Deadco during Space, mm -hmm. Drums in Space. Uh, so, yeah, that was exciting, too. That took Drums in Space to a whole other world. So everything has a continuum. So I just don't do one thing. It, it's, it's a combination of everything that came before it. You know, just like knowledge. That's how it works. You get smarter, and you use that those things that you picked up in your current world. I mean, my dreams have changed. The world is, world is out of rhythm. The world has lost its groove. I mean, there's crisis everywhere. It's yeah. on fire. There's the right. There's the left. There's, these, there's violence in the air between an, an animosity between cultures. This, this work brings many cultures together in rhythm. So it's a model for, you know, how people can get along and using music and, and rhythm as uh, something that binds them together uh, to make sense out of nonsense, as it were, you know, because you look around, read the papers. To me, that's nonsense as opposed to sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that also was a, a, a good reason to make planet drum because it stands for something much more than a recording recording is just a recording but it's all uh -huh. of us getting together to be able to make sense out of the world and we use rhythm as our uh, elixir as it were from a technical standpoint is it difficult when you are all in the same studio recording together i've heard that you know drum there's the the, the infamous stories of spending a full day in the studio trying to get the right snare sound you know Do, are are you dialed in at this point that you guys yeah. can all just set up and you get get yeah. after it yeah yeah uh, we know about this by now if we didn't we should find another <laughs> So, but these are virtuosos. These are not like sure. regular studio players or anything, or even regular performers. These are virtuosos. They're prodigies. Zakir Hussain from India, he's mm -hmm. he's the king. I mean, there's yes. nobody on the planet that understands rhythm more than Zakir Hussain. Then there's Giovanni Odago. He, he rules Latin percussion. There is... Mm -hmm. There are conga players, and then there's Giovanni. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It's not like he's good at it. He's the only one that does mm -hmm. what he does. Uh, and then there's Sikiradi Poju from Nigeria. Uh, he's as good as they is as good as any talking drummer in the world. He's he's considered the best. So when we get in the studio, we also go back many years. Sakir and I go back to 1970. Right. We've been drum, drum brothers since then. Uh -huh. uh, so, and then, of course, Giovanni, you know, in the original Planet Drum. Uh, so we have, we have history, as they say. And so getting together is joyful, and, and we know what to do, and we know how to do it. 
because mm-hmm. you know the techniques in the studio have been mastered the uh interrelationships between us playing with maestros it can be very difficult <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. you know any one of them can sit and enthrall you for many hours just by themselves mm-hmm. and to get that that kind of techni- techniques together is is rare because because as i said they all can play themselves as soloists to get them as an ensemble uh-huh. that's the trick so this was this record was a dance record as opposed to other planet drum records which had a little more space a little open and so forth this one was supposed to make people really get up and dance and move you know from the pelvic region (laughs) as opposed to the head Uh uh you know what i mean it's supposed to make you you, uh boogaloo you know make you get down and dirty and so groove yeah with the groove in the groove and that says a lot about a lot of things the world like i said the world needs its groove back mm-hmm. lost it was that something that you discussed early on in the project that you wanted to make it a dance record or, or have that sort of feel was that that was that was early on the the, the yes. goal of the of the project yes yes it was it was the dream and uh i stayed with it you know for all those years a couple of years whatever it was and 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 it worked and it worked uh when i did take planet drum out Bobby and I played together at Frost Amphitheater once uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as we started, people got up and danced. So it yeah. worked. It, it was it was brilliant. They loved it. And um, it was our inauguration, you know, inaugural flight, you know. Did these songs come from sounds that you've collected over the years? Do, is, that, is that what you do when you're working on these new technologies and exploring these new ways to, to create sounds. Are you cataloging it? Are you capturing it? And, and, and then relying on that down the road? Two ways you can do it. <clears throat> One, you can dream it, which I do. I dream like literally at sleep your dr- in your dreams no, at yeah, night. My, my dreams are holophonic, you know, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I, imagine. Uh, I, I dream in multi, uh, you know, I dream in surround. Yeah, Technicolor. <laughs> yeah, my dreams. <laughs> They're not stereo dreams. And so uh, there's that way. There's also the way of, I have my own studio, so I can spend unlimited amounts of time in my studio. Uh, and that's what I do. So there's experimentation and discovery. And if you don't go out there, you can't discover anything. And if and it takes time, it, it does. It, it's really um, you got to have discipline, stay with it, and try to get something out of it that is absolutely marvelous. You know, that's extraordinary. That just stops you right in your tracks, and you go, "Whoa, that's it!" And then you go for that. But you have to go out there to find it. You got to make that first step into the zone. Uh, it's not for everybody, uh, but for those who who love that kind of zone, it's everything. Uh huh. When you guys get together, then in the studio, is there a lot of improvisation that's involved in in that process as well? Oh yes, oh yes, mostly, mostly improv uh, because I, I wouldn't 
tell any none of those players what to play. You know, okay, it's yeah, not right. something like that. Uh, they they just play what they play, and and mm-hmm. um, I mean, they're like I said, they're virtuoso players, so you just are in awe of pretty much everything they do. They don't make mistakes as opposed to some people I know. <laughs> like me. <laughs> do you, so how do you present a song to the other people in in, in the band? How does how does a, a Planet Drum song go go from a seed in your mind to becoming say King Clave or I I, I use I usually have a start for it. I usually present something that resembles what I'm after. Okay. It's it, it, and and so then we just go and we see where that takes us. And if it takes us on the good road, on the high road, yes. If it doesn't, we abandon it and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We're very facile and we, we're quick on our feet and, uh, and we have a thousand different kinds of percussion instruments at our disposal because my, I have a vault of many different kinds of instruments from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to go to the, the our local store. Matter of fact, most of, <laughs> most of what I have is not in the store. Yeah, right. So, is so it it works really well uh, like that. So I I established the mood and the direction I think I'd like to go in, and we all jump on it and make it our own. That's how we've always done it. You know, you just get together. Somebody starts it, and and the rest of us finish it. What about the things on like for like tides where you recorded the San Francisco oh, Bay tides, tides and, yes, and, and, and King Clave where you you went back to the drum circle with six thousand people that from <laughs> two thousand four six thousand people right it was a world record at the time yeah incredible when does when do those ideas come about at what part are, are those early on in the song or are they afterwards yeah. when you're kind of coloring yeah, early, it early, early on in the song, that was the really? seminal seminal beat. The clave is the call. It means key and the clave mm-hmm. is the key to all things Latin American. It has to be in the music and tells you where you, where you are and where you got, where you go. It's just uh-huh. a revolving figure that stays the same. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and so know, that I, drums that drum circle was in that rhythm, and and you you recalled yeah. that and and thought, hey, if we're doing if we're gonna be doing the clave, then we're gonna the king yeah. of it is, is six thousand people doing it at once. I never heard the clave played by six thousand people. Usually, yeah. it's one, one person or two people, maybe three, mm-hmm. four, you know, but six thousand that was outside. It was so powerful. I called it king clave, and that's mm-hmm. where that particular track. Now, Tides, for instance, was the data I collected from the Bay, San Francisco Bay. The Tides are the actual Tides and took that data and made, and sonified it. Took that data and made it, in, it, turned it into sound using a very powerful computer. So what you hear now in Tides, all of that is actually Tides, a real, Tied. So I, I do a lot of sonification in the record where I turn certain things like drops or, uh-huh. uh, yeah, in, in, from, I change the form from raw data, whether I do it from the, uh, from the cosmos, taking the, the light from the cosmos and radio telescopes and turning them 
that, those signals into sound, that's light into sound. So uh, I, and I'm versed in sonification, the science of sonification. I've used it for many years. Mickey, so I don't know if I've ever heard of it before this. Yeah, and it's, I, it, it's, it, yeah. I, yeah, I've been doing it for years. Uh, not many people do, uh, but some do, very few. But, uh, you know, I, yeah. How do, so can you explain to me a little bit further, like what the data is that you got from the tides and how that became a tone? Well, there, there is data on the tides, how they flow in and out and how they okay. move, geological uh, survey and so forth on, 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 on all of that. Uh-huh. So I go to the, I go to those people who get the, that data and then I use the powerful computer to change that data into sound. Any, you can change anything that's alive into sound, whether it be a, a, a star, a planet, uh, a supernova, um, a tide, uh, any, anything that moves, like let's say it's cosmos, when I work in the cosmos, usually, it, it, see when something happens up in, in, in the cosmos, an event happens, the light and the sound decouple. The sound cannot move through vacuum, so that we don't get the sound. But the radiation comes through the light. These are mm-hmm. collected by radio telescopes from around the world. So I make arrangements with these telescopes to give me the raw data from the uh, the cosmos. Then I take that again and sonify it turn it into some kind of sound where I could use it in a musicological way. So that's the trick, you know, to take these sounds and make them music because in the cosmos, most everything is collision, a lot of collisions, a lot of bumps and grinds, uh, a lot of noise. So being able to take this, um, this noise and turn it into something that humans would call music, you know, and sit and listen to it. Uh, it's, it's difficult to listen to unless you sonify it, make some, make, make music out of it. It, uh-huh. it it's the noise. So um, that's how I, that's how that works. It's it's it's, it's kind of simple, but it, it's complicated because we have to use powerful computers to do it. And I have uh, technical help, technicians that are very familiar on how to do these kind of things. Like I said, I've been doing sonifications of different things for years. That's that, that sounds incredible. And it, 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 I think again, it goes to that concept of space, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're incorporating space into sound even more in a, in a new and exciting way. And and also it goes to just expanding technology too, you know, embracing technology and and using that for new forms of sound. We have, I have really, I have very complicated, um, very advanced tech, uh, technological uh, equipment at my disposal, and I use it all. Uh, like I say, and become knowledgeable about a lot of things that you don't you don't really come across when you do normal recording, like normal music, like regular mm-hmm. music, like bass, drums, and guitar, and, and drums, right. and you know that's different. You know, so a lot of it I use in Deadco when I have go to my paths, my electronic, a lot of that is cosmic sounds that I've sonified over the years. You mean most people cannot identify it, 
and say, yeah. oh, that's a bell or, oh, that's a this. No, you uh -huh. can't do that because it comes, you know, some of the, the, some of these sounds, well, they, they don't come from 13.8 billion years ago. They come from 400,000 years, this side of the Big Bang, which happened, uh, the singularity happened 13.8 billion years ago, but we can't see that far back. Just a bit this side of the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. So I can go back to the cosmic background of radiation is what they call it. And that's almost there. It's kind of an orphan echo of the Big Bang. So I'm looking for the downbeat, the place where time and space started, you know, beat one, yeah. uh, the beginning of everything that the, we call life. Because yeah, the planet we drum. made a star stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Carl Sagan said that, you know, the carbon in your cheesecake may have come from a star that exploded, you know, you know, 4 billion years ago right. um, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> and um, so it's still washing over us. That gives me a, a unlimited palette of sounds. Did you use the beam a lot in recording the album? It's everywhere. It's all, it's the basis of every song. It's it drums really? okay. and beam. Yeah, there's no bass on it. It's all done with the monochord, the Pythagorean monochord. I use no bass. And, and bass is also made by some of the low drums that are shaped to sound kind of like a bass, but there's not one bass on it. <laughs> so you'll be fooled. Oh, that's a bass. That's a bass line. <laughs> uh -huh. no, not really. Thank, thank Pythagoras for that. When you're on stage playing the beam, like during space, at sometimes it looks like there's maybe you're communicating with somebody off stage. Is, is, is there, is it a two person operation? Is there somebody that is helping you out? Yeah. Yes, there's someone who's con who's at the controls of the, uh, the we call Ramu Random Access Musical Universe. Okay. There's an operator, uh, uh, Jonathan Cole is his name, who uh, maintains the computers that allow me to access these sounds. So I'm accessing these sounds. Jonathan is making them available to me, uh, when, and it's a huge palette. I can go anywhere, but yes. he has to, you know, maintain the computers. You know, there are two com complete computer uh, stations. In case one goes down, the other one kicks in immediately. So okay. there's doubles of everything. It's enormous. It's really, <laughs> yeah. quite, it's really quite, in order to do this, it takes a, a lot of power, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a computer power to be able yes. to call, you know, this is not, this is not a, you're, yeah, this is not like your a personal 
you know, your personal computer. Mm -hmm. These are real powerful uh, devices. In the Playing for Change video for King Clave, there's some of the participants are, it's like an, a school in India of kids playing the tabla. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, have you ever thought about like teaching others to play the beam? <laughs> no, I've, I've never really thought of that. You know, uh, I don't really have time to teach anymore, you know, nor do I have the uh, desire really. To, uh, I, I'm so busy, you know, discovering things and working mm -hmm. on I, I like to, I like to play all the time. I play every day. And so my world's insular in a way. It's personal. Yeah. And I only have the musicians that I love around me. And it's, it's not like a revolving door of a lot of musicians. Uh -huh. uh, so, no, I, I, I don't really have time for that. Uh, but someday, maybe, I don't know. Right now, I just struggle to make sounds that not only entertain me, but take me to a place that's a spiritual place. And the beam does that. M music creates a virtual world outside of re the regular re your reality. That's what mm -hmm. that's the power of music. So that's what the beam does especially well because it's not only a rhythm instrument, it's a space instrument with drones and it, it's fantastic. It does a lot of things. We can thank Pythagoras for that. He, I, he, 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 uh, he was a mathematician and a scholar that uh, lived 500, 500 BC, I believe. And uh, what was it? 50? I can't quite remember now, but, he discovered uh, that the the the, uh, the revolving orbs were in some kind of a, uh, a pattern, and he he gave numerical equations to all of those, and that became the tempered scale. It turned into he actually explained the whole universe in one string. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fantastic! And that's where the beam came from, and he called it the music of the spheres uh, because he was he he found. Uh, this in the cosmos, which explains, you know, our life, actually, uh, the, the rhythmic cycle of our lives. So that's what the beam kind of came, where, where it did come from. Well, I'm just, I was just curious, you know, like what the legacy of the beam will be someday. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to see it carried on, you know? It's not really called a beam. It's called, it's really a monochord. Okay. And all fair. these things are, are tuned to the single note, except that some of them are octaves and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, the model. It'll always be the beam to me, Mickey. <laughs> the, the tempered scale, you know, <laughs> the octave. He discovered all of these things using you know, uh, using uh, the monochord. I thought the stuff you did when O'Teal would come out and and play on the bass. And it would be the two of you, you on the mm -hmm. beam and him on the bass. I thought that stuff was really cool. I thought that you guys harmonized so well together, and it it just it it, was, it fit so well. Well, the the beam also <clears throat> has the power to go down below any bass. It goes down to fifteen cycles, really, mm -hmm. really low. And luckily, I have that kind of a speaker component that I could go down. A, 
to 15 cycles accurately. And that really moves a whole other part of your brain. Because remember, music and sound is all about neurologic function. Uh, the brain is the master clock. It mm-hmm. controls everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm headed with that. It's, uh, it shakes you to your core and it makes you stand still. And you see and feel things that you've never felt or, or seen before, perhaps. Uh, and O'Teal just loves that. And he asked me, say, just lay, lay it down and I'll play with it. And I thought, well, okay, get out there, O'Teal. Let's see what you got. And so he yeah. just started playing with me. And that was wonderful. It, it, it kind of changed it up in Deadco. I wanted to congratulate you on a, a successful tour. I know it was challenging, but it seems like you guys made it through and had a, had a fun time. Um, I, 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 I want to thank you again for your time. I'll let you get going here, but I do want to, before we go today would have been Jerry Garcia's 80th birthday. Um, and, uh, I, I'm just curious if you could share something with me, maybe, a. a a, f- a fond memory or, or something that you think Jerry, people should know about Jerry that maybe they don't know. Um, what, what, what can you, what we, can we do to celebrate Jerry today? Jerry was really funny. You know, he, he mm-hmm. laughed across the country and back many times. Yeah. So when I think of him anyway, and he's always a, a year ahead of me. So I'm 70, okay. I'll be 79. He's always one year ahead. So uh-huh. I, I, I know how old he is. <laughs> yeah. But, but Jerry, he was a very funny guy. So when I think of him, and I also hear him in my left ear, the ear he deafened um, <laughs> over the years. His monitor was in my left ear. So, uh-huh. you know, so um, I, anytime I think of him, I laugh and I hear him in my left ear. And so I, I fill in the blanks. There's so many, so many exciting things that we've done together, adventurous musical things. He was uh, he was he was also into adventure and creating new spaces, and so we had that in common. And we got together many times uh, out of the ring, you know, at the yeah. house where he 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 first discovered synthesize, you know, to be able to synthesize his guitar, and which led to MIDI. Um, the first concert we did was 1973. It was just a duo, and he got he, he got a an ARP, uh, an electronic instrument, uh, keyboard, and he plugged his guitar into it, and that was the first time I had heard his guitar running through uh, sophisticated uh, synth- synthesizers, 
um, and I just thought of that concert, which kind of was the beginning of space, you know, and Jerry's, oh, wow. uh, you know, drums in space, actually. It might have been the very beginning of it. And, um, and I think of that on his birthday, you know, the seminal things that we did together. They do come in and out of my thought process, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it, which is, it's, it's always funny. It always is funny. Uh, we laughed so much. And that was one big part of Jerry that many people might not know. You know, he, he loved playing more than mm-hmm. anything. He was just a, a real, um, it, it became a real habit. You know, it just, it just as serious as, uh, as if, as if he, uh, as a junkie would be for his medicine. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, to him, that was the guitar, you know, so yeah. the guitar really filled up a lot of his time and he, you know, being around him, he'd just sit there and talk, and, but he would always be running scales with nothing plugged in. He'd just mm-hmm. be sitting there running scales all day, sitting on the desk with his legs crossed and back when he could cross his legs. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he put it all into the guitar. Unfortunately, he didn't, didn't, didn't uh, take care uh, of his health. Mm-hmm. And that always frustrated me. And, you know, I see him slurping down a milkshake. You know, I would go up to him and say, hey, man, you know, or a burger. <laughs> You know, and mm-hmm. you know, he would blow me off. He was uh, in some funny way, and he would uh, eventually uh, kill himself. You know, through overeating and uh, and and drugs. Mm-hmm. It was uh, un- very unfortunate. So, it, it, you know, it, it was it was a, it's a difficult subject for me. But I but in the end, I always laugh and. Yeah. Look at some of the pictures, you know, on the walls, and uh, and remember all of the good times. The bad times, mm-hmm. really, you know, they they were fleeting. You know, yeah. th- there were bad times. We we never we never had uh, any any serious outing. Uh, you know, out. We never had arguments. We never mm-hmm. we never punched each other, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had, he had a way of dealing with uh, situations that were difficult. Like one situation I remember was we uh, wanted uh, the, our lighting director wanted a new uh, set of lights, which we were using it for three years. Or and she came to us in, in one of our board meetings and said, "I really need the money for a new, new, more lights." And so we looked at her and we go, and she said, well, "How much was it?" five hundred thousand dollars or something and we go uh i don't know i don't maybe not this year huh let's not do it you know and there jerry piped up and he said hey man maybe they're coming for the lights (laughs) (laughs) and we go yeah okay let's give it to her (laughs) so he was able to navigate very difficult situations using jerry logic you know yes yes and then you say, maybe they are coming for the lights. <laughs> you start thinking, you know. And so, <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe they yeah. <laughs> You know, okay. Give her the money. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. So that's, that's, that was typical, Jerry. Well, Mickey, thank you for sharing that with me. And thanks for sharing your time with me today. The new Planet Drum album, In the Groove, it comes out August 5th. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's fantastic. And uh, ho- so 
a tour's coming, right? The Planet Drum Tour? Yeah, eventually we'll go out. We just now hunker down and uh, and seeing where what the best time would be to yeah. uh, go out and so forth because, you know, there's also m- my day job. Yes. And <laughs> so I, we, we move in and out of that. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. And, and uh, Deadco hasn't decided what we're going to do. You know, we haven't right. sat down uh, and talked about uh, future, and that's uh, and that's another story. But we will play yes. again. That yes. that I can tell you. There, All right, we will play. Well, if I could uh, ask you to please come to Minneapolis, uh, that's where I live. Uh, you guys haven't been here yet, and I'd love to. I'd love to see you in town here sometime. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll yeah, bring yeah. that up. Yeah, bring that up at the at the board meeting. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. All right, Mickey. Well, thank you so much. This has been a true honor of my lifetime. And uh, uh, honestly, thank you so much. This has been a thrill and and, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Take care. Well, thanks for asking. All right. right, Bye now. Take care. See you, Mickey. Bye-bye. for this episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. Thanks as always to each and every one of you out there for listening. Thanks also to Mickey Hart for taking the time to talk to me. It was an experience this deadhead won't soon forget. If you haven't yet, get the new Planet Drum album in the groove wherever you get good music. Thank you to Jake Alexander for helping put the episode together. We'll be back next Thursday with another insightful interview. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Go see live music. <laughs>